Virginia citizens, American patriots. Radio as the founding fathers intended, the Lee brothers. I'm Richard Lee. Scott's off again today. Slacker. But coming up this hour, we have, for your listening enjoyment, a question for the ladies out there. Are you a happy American wife? If you are, we can tell you a lot about yourself. Also, a retailer stands his ground for the American flag. And uh, Owens Pond, if you're from the area, you might remember Owens Pond as a child. It was a playground for Scott and I. I have Mark in the booth and my other brother Mark in the studio. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Mark and Mark. Um, we used to play at Owens Pond. We did. I mean, it's a cool place. We also have coming up, um, and sometime in September, I think they're releasing it. I think it's Rambo 27 or 28. I'm not sure which one it is. But that's kind of interesting. Yet another Rambo is coming to the big screen. Now, Hohen's Pond. You know, I want to bring that story up first because these folks, um, what's happened is, an Islamic uh, mosque is built on the adjacent property. And if you're familiar with Hohen's Pond, you know, there's an access road that goes down beside it. Apparently, they built some houses back there. And uh, when the uh, Islamic temple is open for worship, uh, you can't get down the private drive, which belongs to the Hohen's family. Um, this battle has been going on for a long time. And I want to read you a little bit of the story because I think it, it, I couldn't believe it. I don't, I don't think you will be able to either. A battle is incurring, occurring in Henrico County between legacy property rights of Hohen's Lakeview Farms and expansion of an Islamic center of Richmond. After, you know, they refer to it as ICR throughout this, this article. This battle is not about freedom to worship protected under the First Amendment or federal laws granting exemption waivers from local land zoning laws. Instead, it's about abuse of the courts through lawfare to lay claim to property and property rights through adverse possession, civil disputes, harassment, and intimidation. They've spent a fortune fighting this for quite a few years. Details of the civil complaints filed in November of 2013. Plaintiff Yunus Vora, I hope I pronounced that right, who describes himself as a spokesperson for ICR filed a civil civil complaint, which it was an attempt to sidestep requirements of Virginia Code 55-50.1, which requires consensus agreement to merge property rights of private road Hohens in Devorah's proposed residential project, Hungary Road Village. In January of 2014, Vora filed a more extensive format, commonly referred to as a slap suit, which is a strategic lawsuit against public participation. It's a lawsuit intended to censor, intimidate, and silence critics burdening, by burdening them with cost of legal defense until they abandon their criticism or opposition. Typically, a slap plaintiff, they don't expect to win the lawsuit. And in fact, 
the plaintiff's goals are accomplished when the defendant succumbs and to the fear and the intimidation mounting legal costs or simple exhaustion and abandons the lawsuit. They just walk away from their ownership, their property rights. Nevertheless, it's the testimony of Enrico County Commonwealth Attorney Shannon Taylor and others associated with the county that the county is operating under a sensitivity ruling which influences enforcement of local laws and regulations that has influenced a jury to view legal property rights as secondary to Islamic entitlement. It's influenced a jury to view legal property rights, keyword or legacy property rights, because the Hoans have been there, I think, for seven generations. Legacy property rights is secondary. And the bottom line is the Hoans own that. They own it. Yep, they have for years. It's secondary to Islamic entitlement. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. In 2012, a plan of development, which they call a POD, they put all of these little, what are the acronyms? Plan of development was issued for development of ICR's mosque located at 8481 Hungry Road. The agreement was violated within one week. And to date, the county fails to enforce agreements which protect those who reside in Hoan's Lakeview Farms. Similarly, in 2014, a rezoning was approved for Vora's proposed Hungry Road Village. It also does not comply with state Virginia code requirements which protect the rights of the Hoans Lake Food Farm residents. And in fact, in 2011, multiple complaints of assault and property damage have been filed by residents, all of which were ignored by those who have pledged to protect and serve the public. Now this, you know, they, the Hoans are being run into ground trying to protect their property by what they call lawfare, this is constant, constant suits. They have a GoFundMe page. To date, they've raised $5,755. They need your help. The page is called Hoens, H-O-E-H-N-S, Hoens Lakeview Farms. And uh, if you can donate something to the Hoens family, they've been there since 1838. Something to the Hohen's family to help fight this unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening in Virginia, let alone in Henrico yeah, County. Yeah, right here in Henrico County. You know, grew up in Henrico County. Um, again, please send something, anything you can send to the GoFundMe page, Hohen's Lakeview Farms, H-O-E-H-N-S, Lakeview Farms. They can, they can use the help in fighting, continuing to fight this battle. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. Said that Castro was making a speech to a large assembly. And he was going on at great length. And then a voice out in the crowd said, peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jack. And he went on speaking. And again, the voice said, peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jack. And about the fourth time this happened, he stopped in his regular speech. And he said, the next time he says that, he says, I'm going to find out who he is and kick him all the way to Miami. 
And everybody in the crowd said peanuts, popcorn, Papa Jack. Well, if you ask me where I come from, I love her again. Here's what I tell everyone. Four five four zero eight two two. Four five four zero eight two two. The New York Times caused an uproar recently of anger on social media after they published an op-ed concerning the happiest wives in America. It turns out that the happiest of all wives in America are religious conservatives followed by their religious progressive counterparts. The New York Times wrote in an opinion tweet. This study was conducted by three professors. Now, typically professors are very liberal. It's very rare that you find one that's not very liberal. That's right. They, they have an agenda, etc., etc. The study was conducted by W. Bradford Wilcox, professor of sociology at the University of Virginia, Jason S. Carroll, a professor of marriage and family studies at Brigham Young University, and Laurie DeRose, an adjunct lecturer in the sociology department at Georgetown University. The report titled The Ties That Bind, Is Faith a Global Force for Good or Ill in the Family? was from the Institute of Family Studies in Wheatley Institution. The results were detailed in the New York Times op-ed by the three researchers. And what did the study find? The report found that 73% of wives who hold conservative gender values and attend religious services regularly with their husbands have high-quality marriages. So there you go. If you want to have a high-quality marriage and you don't have that today... Turn it around. Makes perfect sense to me. Start going to church and and, and take your husband with you. When it comes to relationship quality, there is a J-curve in women's marital happiness with women on the left and the right enjoying higher quality marriages than those in the middle, but especially wives on the right, the op-ed continued. The report also found women... In highly religious relationships are about 50% more likely to report that they are strongly satisfied with their, shall I say, sexual relationship. I don't know why they would put that in there. Than their secular and less religious counterparts. On the other hand, only 55% of secular progressive wives in the United States say that they have high-quality marriages. Stop it. Also noted that less... Fewer than 46% of wives in the religious middle who attend only infrequently or don't share regular religious attendance with their husbands, and only 33% of the secular conservative wives who think men should take the load off breadwinning and women on child-rearing but don't attend church have such marriages. Social media did not take kindly to this tweet. <gasps> Get a hold exactly. Of they lost their minds. They lost their minds. <laughs> User Atheist Scott responded, this is hilarious. They all asked their spouses if it was okay to answer the survey first. 
put away atheist God. I know evangelicals. Women do not have separate lives. Do not have a separate life. You know what? This is scientific proof. If you're not conservative, you should be. Hold on one second. I can't hear myself. Exactly. And you need to go to church on Sunday. It's as simple as that. With your spouse or your significant other, whoever, friend, foe, someone you just had an argue with, argument with, the aliens who abducted you last weekend, take them to your church and let them see how we worship. I'm sure it's probably the same for them. And I'm we shouldn't sure, be fighting like this. I'm sure the alien wives have the same kind of study, except they have ray guns. If the husband doesn't do right, he could be in serious trouble. But, you know, this is, this is a scientific study by three. I wonder if these professors who, who conducted this study, I wonder if they <laughs> had a clue what the results were going to be. When they started it, I wonder if they sat around and said, ah. I'd like to know more about them. We're going to slap these conservative religious freaks right in the face with our study. But in turn, they got a finger poked in their eye, didn't they? Can you hold on one second? I'm uncomfortable. Exactly. I would think the professor from Brigham Young would have been fairly conservative. Yeah, probably. But it's just very rare to find a college professor or even a high school teacher who's conservative. That's true. They just yeah, and if they are, they aren't. don't want to go out on the limb with a study They're, like this. Yeah, and uh, you know, put it out there for everybody to see. You know, if, if you have a conservative professor or teacher, they pretty much keep it to themselves. They don't go around going, "I'm a conservative." Nan, 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 they don't do no, that. No, it's it's not. Uh, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, it's not healthy to uh, their career. Exactly. Or it could be unhealthy to the pain on their car. Who knows? Some of those people are nuts. Crazy at all. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. This fellow they've nominated claims he's the new Thomas Jefferson. Well, let me tell you something. I knew Thomas Jefferson. He was a friend of mine. And Governor, you're no Thomas Jefferson. Funny. That's funny right there. 130 animals displaced from the Oklahoma shelters coming to Virginia. We talked about this last week. Uh, the animals are here. And they need forever homes. So if, if you haven't already adopted one and you want to get little Johnny or, you know, little Betty uh, an animal this weekend, these animals are in Richmond. They're in uh, Charlottesville. They're in Fairfax County. They're in Falls Church, Washington, D.C., and Washington County, Maryland. See, we only sent one group to Maryland. Those people must be animal haters up there. All the rest are here in Virginia, where a true Virginian should go and get one. 
The Humane Society of the United States said 130 dogs and cats had arrived in Manassas Regional Airport and been transferred to these various animal rescue organizations in Virginia, Maryland, including Richmond Animal Care and Control. So everybody needs a pet in their life. You need a pet in your life, even if you have some. Go get another one. It'll help these animals that uh, were displaced from the floods and tornadoes out there. Which are ongoing still. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is. But anyway, get out this weekend and adopt a pet for your little one or for yourself. I'd adopt them all if I had a place to put them. I really would. Stay with us. Coming up, Rambo is back, believe it or not. Rambo is back for his 27th, 28th. I don't know which one. I don't know what number Rambo this is. But stay with us. And coming up, conservative candidates may have two people in the race this year. We'll be right with you after these important messages. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. All those conservative wives out there, we know you're happy. You should bring us donuts or something. You're so happy. But we're so happy that you're happy. Those lives out there that are not happy, you know, we'll pray for you tonight that you'll see the light, and then you can be happy too. You can bring the whole family over to the conservative viewpoint, and you can become happy. Take your husband, go to church this Sunday. That's no joke. Go to church this Sunday. You'll be happier. You'll be energized when you leave church, and you'll be happy. Then the only thing left to do is become conservative if you're not already. And you know, if you're not, you're probably like, I don't know, mad at the world. I pull up behind a car. It's got all of these liberal puke bumper stickers all over the back of it. You can't even tell what color the car is because there's so many stinking bumper stickers on it. And the people look like they're up there chewing on their steering wheel. You can tell that they're mad at they're mad at the world. They're just angry people. And you just want to get up beside them and go, God bless you, and hope that they're not armed. The, you see them every day. They're, they're the ones driving in today. This guy's riding so close to the bumper, I can't see his headlights. I mean, it's daytime. But still, I couldn't see anything but the windshield. You know, the front of his car was unseen to me. And he cuts out and goes by me, giving me hand signs on how to come from this lane to that lane and this lane to that lane. I I don't know if he had sign language going on. He probably did, but he was mad at the world. And we got up the road a ways, and he's getting off the interstate, and I didn't change my speed one mile an hour, and I'm riding right beside him trying to catch his gaze so I could wave to him, bye-bye. But it's just these people are are angry. I wonder I wonder if any of this study was conducted with people driving around town looking for cars covered with bumper stickers to see how angry the wife might be. 
I might pull up beside him and go, excuse me, what do you want? That's about the oh, response you're you, you are a, you're a sea hag. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't see a sign on your car anywhere. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Exactly. That's right. Exactly how they spell it, because they're <laughs> angry people. You pull up beside him and say, why are you just so mad? Pull over. Let us talk. You know, you know, let me show you the way to Jesus and tell you about the conservative philosophy. And then they dent your car and speed off. After they punch you in the face. They're just angry. They're just so angry people. And if you're one of those angry people, um, my name is Scott. So you know who to to attack when you see him out in public. See me out in public, I meant. Uh, <laughs> but if you're one of those angry people, take a deep breath. Take a few deep breaths. Go home and breathe deep for a while. And uh, study the conservative way. And get your family to church this Sunday. Seriously. This is a real, a real scientific study. Give your cares to God. He's got bigger shoulders than we do. Yeah. And then just look at the conservative way and look at the democratic way. Look who's happy and who's growling with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi lovers. Oops. Hillary Clinton lovers. <laughs> Look at, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Sea hag, Hillary Clinton. Major sea hag. Do you want to ask you, Secretary Clinton? <laughs> oh, Lord. That's, you know, wicked witch. I hear there's a there's a theme park we're going to tell you about Somebody down throw in North a Carolina. Of water on her. We have a theme park we're going to tell you about in North Carolina coming up at 4 o'clock hour that uh, is, is back open again. And, uh, you're going to hear Hillary in the background with this laugh. Do want to ask you, Secretary Now, does that not sound like Halloween? Does that not sound like the Wicked Witch of the West? Do you think she's happy because she's laughing? No. She's happy. She's laughing because she's unhappy, and she just screwed someone's life up royally. And that makes her laugh for a moment, but she's not, that's not a happy woman. You, my pretty, and your little dog, too. That was Hillary again when they landed on Marine Helicopter One, and someone came out with a new dog to see if they would like it. She obviously didn't like it very much. Okay, we'll get off that topic for now. Any sea hags want to call us, 454 and any happy conservative women, hey, four five four zero eight two two. Happy conservative men, unhappy non-conservative men, four five four zero eight two two. You know, uh, Rocky, Rocky the movies. What is it? Seven or eight of them now. Where he's, you know, the last one is uh, I forget what it's called, but he's teaching Apollo Creed's son how to box. Of course, his son already knows how to box. But he loses his Mustang trying to prove he knows how to box. So actually, he really doesn't know how to box. And Rocky's going to save him. But then Rocky has cancer. So for him to keep training, Rocky's got to train too and beat the cancer, which they both win in the end. You know, Rocky has no cancer, and Apollo Creed's son wins the fight. 
That's the storyline. Now you don't need to watch a movie. I apologize to those who haven't seen it, but that's pretty much it. But there's so many Rocky movies. And on the same note, you know, the Expendables, I think there's three Expendable movies now that are all, you know, Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, Expendables, Sylvester Stallone, Rambo, Sylvester Stallone. I think there's 20-some Sylvester Stallone movies. Okay. Um, we have a caller from California. Arthur from California. You're on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7. Welcome All to the program. All right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. You were talking earlier about adopting puppies. Is that correct? Yes. There's 130 animals displaced from the Oklahoma shelters yeah. that have come to Virginia. Um, they're in Richmond, Virginia, at the Richmond Animal Care and Control. They're in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, Fairfax County, Virginia Falls Church, Washington, D.C., and Washington County, Maryland. Well, maybe you could give me some tidbits of information. I would like to adopt an English bulldog, but I notice that they slobber a lot when they become full-grown. How do you correct that? Um... Well, what I do with Mark here is I give him a lifesaver because he slobbers a lot now that he's full grown. No, I'm just kidding. Gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I'm not an animal expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I know there's bound to be some bulldogs in all of these animals that were, you know, left homeless yeah. in Oklahoma. There's so many of them. Um, but... Let's see if we can get the number to Richmond Animal Care and Control. Mark, can you uh, can you pull that up? Okay, producer's pulling that number up now. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I heard your conversation. I said, well, maybe this gentleman can help me because they're these bulldogs. They're really cute when they're puppies, but when they get older and become into adulthood, they cannot control all that saliva. Yeah. And can you imagine the the uh, problem when they start shaking their heads? I certainly can. Everywhere. I, certainly, <laughs> I don't know if you could train them to go outside to shake their head. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they're very cool dogs. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. I, I, I've seen them do it. Yeah. That's a truly great American. He's calling in to look for... Forever home for one of the dogs. John Rambo. Rambo 27, I think. Faces his past in first blood trailer for last blood. I don't, you know, it's got a lot of blood in there. Sure does. Yeah. I don't know if I want to think about my last blood, but uh, this looks like, you know, looking at the photograph, it looks like Rambo's gone cowboy. It does look like that. He got him a big old Stetson hat, but he's ruining it out in the rain. He's going country. This would be called Rambo ruins a Stetson hat (laughs) in a rainstorm. First blood, last hat. That's what they should call it. Was it coming out? I think it's, I don't know. Does it say? Uh, it says sometime in September. 
Who we'll knows? Have, we'll have to watch for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it. Traffic and weather's coming up, and then more of John Rambo. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Just after 3.50, this is the Lee Brothers Show on AMA 20 WNTW. And FM 92.7. And we want to tell you about a movie coming up in September. We know you don't want to meet. They say this is Rambo 5, but I could have sworn it was like Rambo 25. I mean, there's a lot of Rambos. But uh, Rambo, he's getting old. Got him a heavy jacket and a cowboy hat. I can only imagine the storyline for this one. Sylvester Sloan returns for part five of his iconic Action franchise. It's called Rocky. Uh, not Rocky. It's called the. Indisp- uh, no, it's it's called Rambo. John Rambo faces his past in first trailer for Last Blood. The teaser trailer for Rambo Five: Last Blood. Well, that's what that V is. Dropped Thursday, showing that Sylvester Stallone is once again a one-man army. He walks around humming that tune to himself as he kills thousands of people per minute with a 50 caliber machine gun he keeps on his back. (laughs) It works every time! In the preview, which is just under two minutes, John Rambo says he must face his past for one last all alpha. Wait a minute, he says that? He says that in the movie, I must face my past for one last all-out fight. I'm going to kill more people in this movie than all the others combined. The trailer is backed with the usual action and, of course, an intense Rambo wielding a bow. I always liked that bow with the exploding tips. I wanted one. I couldn't have it. Everybody I asked said, you can't have that. It's not legal. Well, I could pretend it blew something up. Stallone first played the Vietnam War veteran and former U.S. Army Special Forces soldier in 1982's, good grief, 1982's First Blood. How long is that? Do the math. That's That's 18, almost 40 years. 37 years, wow. That movie was based on David Morrill's 1972 novel of the same name. Stallone last played the character in 2008's Rambo. They see they called the first, didn't they call the first one Rambo? Didn't he have one called Rambo, then had another one called Rambo? I think they've all been Rambo, Rambo, and then something else. Under. Oh, okay. Yeah. The 2008 Rambo was a bit graphic. You know, I didn't, I certainly didn't want my teenage son watching it ahead, or my go daughter because he's running a 50 caliber machine gun. And I don't know how they blew those people in half, but they, it looked real. 
It didn't look animated. When he cuts that fifty caliber down through the jungle, and people's, yeah. people are just flying to pieces all over the place. That was disgusting. He could have just done an aftermath and come in and said, Hi, I'm Rambo. This is what I did to all these dead people laying over here. Then the actors could have just laid down, you know. Yeah, they can't do that anymore, though. No. Nobody has any imagination anymore. They got to blow them to That's right. pieces. You know, I, did, I didn't watch it in the theater. I figured I would be depressed by all the people going, Yeah, yeah. See him cut that man's head off? Yeah. The Lionsgate film is due in theater September 20th. Watch the trailer. It's online. Cowboy Rambo faces his past in First Blood trailer for Last Blood. No, first trailer for Last Blood. You'll get it right. I doubt it. <laughs> Eventually. I seriously doubt I can't believe he says in the movie, you know, that he's, I got to face my past for one last all-out fight with my cowboy hat on. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> Folks, I've come to kill you. I'm Rambo. You know I can do it. So give me that peanut butter and nana sandwich for open fire. I'll hurt you. That's uh, actual Rambo speaking in an interview. Talking to the news people, they had sandwiches there and he was hungry. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Just show you how youthful I am, I intend to campaign in all 13 states. guy was an incredible president, but he's hilarious. Really funny. Coming up next hour, a Hollywood star uh, has put together an organization um, that saves children from being stolen and sold into sex trafficking organizations. And other stars are telling them, you know, Go back to your day job and leave this alone. I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, he he saved. Uh, he he deserves mentioning. He's a truly great American conservative actor. That's a rare rarism, and he uh, he's got an incredible organization. We're going to tell you about coming up. Also, we have a ninety-one-year-old World War II veteran who graduated high school this year. Good for him. With his grandson. And the smallest record recorded baby ever in the world. We're going to tell you about it coming up. Keep on turning a blue collar lesson there for the learning. Pride will drive you anywhere, no matter how far. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. Here's your one and only AM820 WNTW. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show in Virginia. Radio is the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Brother Scott is off today. Behind the glass is my brother Mark. In the studio with me is my other brother Mark. 
It's me. So it's easy to call Mark, and they both come. That's right. Or just holler really chocolate, do. and we'll both look. Uh, <laughs> coming up this hour, we have a 91-year-old World War II veteran who just graduated high school. We have his story. We have the story of a Hollywood star that uh, quietly saved 6,000, over 6,000 children from human sex trafficking. And some of his fellow stars told him that he should mind his own business and take care of his day job. And we also have the smallest recorded baby born at 23 weeks and three days. Five months ago, is going home healthy. You could hold the little lady in one hand. Unbelievable. Also, we want to remind you again about the the animals that arrived here in Virginia and Maryland um, a week or so ago. 130 animals displaced from Oklahoma shelters um, from the floods the tornadoes, etc. And if you're looking for an forever pet, this is a great thing to do. You can go to Richmond Animal Care and Control here in, in Richmond. You can go to Charlottesville. They have animals in Fairfax, Falls Church, Washington, D.C., Washington County, Maryland. Had a gentleman call in last hour from California. He's interested one of these pets, they need forever homes. So please, please, if you can find it in your heart to do so, get out this weekend, take the family for a ride, and, and adopt one of these animals that came from, from Oklahoma. Maybe they'll tell you about Oklahoma. I don't know. But it would be a really nice thing to adopt these pets. They brought them here because we have animal lovers. We have good people in Virginia, despite what some people say here recently. We have good folks here. So get out and adopt a pet this weekend. This story is called Sacrifices for the Family. A 91-year-old World War II veteran finally got his high school diploma recently, and he added... A special touch. He walked down the aisle with his grandson, who was also graduating this year. A 91-year-old World War II vet has finally received his high school diploma eight decades after leaving school to support his family. Pete Sabedra, I hope I pronounced that right, walked across the stage at Dairy Area Middle School about 40 miles east of Pittsburgh to accept his degree at a special awards ceremony. Uh, alongside him was his grandson, Casey, who will graduate in the district high school made today, actually. Um, Pete Sabidro was attending eighth grade at the former Derry Township High School in 1940 when his father died, and he and his older brother had to leave school to start work to support the family. The two worked for the railroad before listing in the military when the U.S. entered the war brothers were sent to Germany, where Pete served in the infantry and military police. Both brothers returned home safely. 
Pete returned to work for the railroad as a machine operator before shifting to Terrence State Hospital, where he worked as a patient aide before retiring in 1985 with 30 years service. He earned his GED and says it's something to finally have the diploma. It's a cool experience, said his grandson, who plans to attend Thiel College in the fall. Means a lot, considering we're graduating at the same time. My hat's off to Pete Sabidra, truly great American, World War II veteran. Greatest generation. And he, he got his high school diploma this week after waiting since 1940. Yeah. I would have said how many years, but, you know, that's a lot of math. 80 years. In there. Well, let's just see, 60, it is almost 80 yeah, years. Almost 80 years. Wow. He waited a long time. He did. Next year, it'd be 80 years. Mm-hmm. So what would that make it, 79? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm better at math than that. But uh, it's a wonderful story. Truly great American. I hope he lives to be 150. We're losing all of that greatest generation. That's slowly true. Slowly but surely. And uh, we need to honor them whenever we see them. Not just on holidays and such. Not just the 4th of July. Not just those days. We need to honor our World War II vets our uh, Korean-era vets, our Vietnam vets, whenever we see them. And the people, you know, the the Gulf War vets, the people that are serving in the military today, thank you for your service. You're in our thoughts and prayers every night. Seriously. The smallest recorded baby born at 23 weeks and three days is going home healthy You know, some states are legalizing abortion past 24 weeks. And this baby was born in San Diego, which is, you know, they they honestly thought this little one was going to die. She was tiny. You could hold her in one hand. My daughter has a pet squirrel. Cutest little thing you've ever seen. It's tiny. It's smaller. It's you can hold that in one hand now. Mm. You know this baby you could hold in one hand. She was born healthy. Usually, a baby born that early and that tiny is, you know, fraught with all kinds of problems. The doctors called her Sabi. The name used by the doctors at the hospital was born twenty three weeks three days. Weighed in at a mere eight point six ounces at birth. Shoot the hamburger you had at lunch was bigger than that. Yeah, really. Well, actually, not really, but usually. I mean, you get a a double burger, you've got more than this little baby weight, you know. You do. After experiencing severe pregnancy complications, Sabi's mother gave birth via emergency cesarean section at 23 weeks, three days gestation in the womb. And a hospital representative said that in a news conference, doctors said the preterm birth was necessary after they found that the baby was not gaining weight and her mother's life was in immediate risk. Mother's life was in immediate risk. So did she abort the child? No, she did not abort the child. She had the child at eight pounds, six ounces, eight pounds, no, eight ounces, 
8.6 ounces, I'm sorry. I just can't believe an 8.6 ounce baby was born. That's a miracle. The doctors told the father he had an hour or so to spend with the child before she was going to die. The baby was so small enough to fit in the palm of someone's hand. The doctor said Sabi experienced virtually none of the medical complications that typically come when a baby is born as a micropremie. I've never heard that term before, micropremie, which refers to babies born before 28 weeks. Sabi's inspiring story of survival comes at a time when the abortion debate is as contentious as it has ever been. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. States such as Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana have passed pro-life laws establishing the right to life for unborn babies and banning abortions at six weeks of pregnancy, or in Alabama's case, altogether, unless to save the life of the mother. Meanwhile, states like New York, and I'm not even going to say the other state. Wow. We made it in the news again, folks. National news. Meanwhile, states like New York and Virginia have enacted laws this year that allow abortions beyond 24 weeks in some circumstances, such as unspecified threats to the mother's mental or physical health. Sabi's survival puts a real human face on the fact that pro-life advocates consistently assert a fetus in the womb is a human life and deserves a chance to live. Stop banging on the desk, Mark. We're having some technical difficulties this afternoon. But, you know what? We'll get through them. No biggie. You don't care. And I don't care either. You know, uh, in North Carolina last week, we told you about a retailer down there company that sells uh, RVs. You know, any state would be tickled to death to have an RV dealer in their state because they collect tax revenue from an RV dealer. Every time they sell an RV, they get a little money. Well, this RV company in North Carolina ran afoul of city rules by flying a giant flag. Wah, wah. They flew a giant flag outside its store. I mean, what is what is wrong with folks in North Carolina? Their flag, the bigger the flag, the better. I think they should fly an even bigger flag. They, they, they told them to take the flag down, and the uh, CEO of Camping World said, no. Not taking it down. We're going to fly it. And North Carolina said, well, we're going to hit you with a $50 day, a $50 a day fine retroactive back to October of 2018 if you don't replace that flag with a smaller version. See, that they have a, they have a law. They have an ordinance, a law, whatever you want to call it. You can't fly a bigger flag than 25 by 40 feet. And this one's... 40 by 80. This is a massive flag. That's a big American flag. Who passes a law regulating the size of a flag that you fly? Who would have thought of something like that? Who comes up with that crap? 
Somebody doesn't have anything better to do, I guess. You know, I can't imagine uh, probably an angry person. Yes, more than likely. Somebody with bumper stickers all over the back of their car, chewing on the steering wheel at the stoplights, said, yeah, I got a great new law I'm going to pass. Flags have to be smaller. I mean, that's pathetic. And the fact that they actually have a law, you know, well. Ridiculous. You know, we mentioned this story before. You know, the the dealership says, you know, know, the fine is, I think, somewhere I read the fine is over $11,000 so far. And they're not taking the flag down. Uh, so the town in North Carolina has decided, <laughs> it's Statesville, North Carolina, they've decided to rethink the flag ordinance. Yeah, I think. They've decided that uh, they're getting bad press nationwide. Oh, yeah. It's on almost every radio station. It's on the news. It's in the newspapers. Their story, their little town. I've been to Statesville, nice little town. This ridiculous ordinance, this ridiculous law has got them attention they didn't want. And now they're rethinking it. Maybe this will give them some common sense for future laws. Because common sense should have prevailed when someone tried to pass an ordinance limiting the size of a flag you can fly at your business. You know, that that flag they're flying would probably completely cover my first house. I think it probably would. More than likely. I mean, this is this is true patriotism. Forty by eighty flag, they should get a tax break for flying that they flag. They should. They but should. I guess they've got people in the administration of Statesville. We don't see it that way. We've got a couple of uh, flags that size here in Richmond. 40 by 80? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of car dealers. That's a monster flag. Yeah, it's huge. How dare they fly a 40 by 80 flag? I must have a conversation with them. The guy at the dealership told uh, the town of Statesville, (laughs) not only are we going to keep the flag flying, we're not going to pay you. For your fines. Nana, nana, yeah, Come and get it. <laughs> this is amazing that they would have a law restricting the size of a flag. But I, I would like, I'd love, next time I'm down in Carolina, I've got to see this 40 by 80 flag. That's got to be impressive. I, I don't know if anybody in Richmond's got yeah. one that big. When you think about it, lay it on the it. ground and think about yeah, it. It almost you know? covers a third of an acre when you think about it. Put it in your mind's eye and lay it on the ground, and wow. Yeah. That's a massive, beautiful, that had cost them a fortune, and I don't blame them for not taking it down. So if you want to call the city of Statesville, North Carolina, and voice your opinion, I would. Maybe I will. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. In the Soviet Union, if you want to buy an automobile... There is a 10-year wait, and you go through quite a process when you're ready to buy, and then you put up the money in advance. 
So there was a young fellow there that had finally made it, and he was going through all the bureaus and agencies that he had to go through and signing all the papers and finally got to that last agency where they put the stamp on it. And the man then that had made the final stamp of the paper, taking the money, said, all right, come back in 10 years and get delivery of your car. And he said, morning or afternoon? <laughs> and the fellow... The fella said, well, 10 years from now, what difference does it make? He said, the plumber's coming in the morning. If you're sitting by your computer, please look up Hohen's Lakeview Farms. H-O-E-H-N-S. Hohen's Lakeview Farms. It's a GoFundMe page. They need, they need your help. Read the story there, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. They really need, you know, if you can give them $5, anything you can donate would be appreciated, and they they seriously need it. Coming up, a baseball player with real heart. Let me tell the story of this uh, Chicago Cubs player. He hit a foul ball. Security net didn't hold it. And it hit a five-year-old little toddler. And uh, it really ruined the game for him. That's a fact. We're going to tell you his story. Also, there's a controversial primary coming up this weekend between Chris Peace and uh, Scott Wyatt. It's, that's going to be interesting. That may end up in court. We'll tell you about that coming up. And also, there's a theme park opening up in North Carolina. It's been closed for a very, very long time. You might have went there as a child. I don't know. If not, you might want to go there now. It sounds pretty cool. Anyway, stay with us on 820 WNTW. We are the Lee Brothers, and we'll be back after these important messages. Richard, prove Scott's wrong once and for all. Call the Lee Brothers. Thirty-five minutes after the hour, this is the Lee Brothers on AM eight twenty WNTW and FM ninety-two point seven. A Chicago Cubs player. Uh, he he's he sobbed uncontrollably after hitting a toddler with a baseball. Um, he didn't mean to, obviously. His name is Albert Almora Jr. And uh, he, he hit a foul ball and went through the safety net and hit the child. And the whole stadium just went silent, just quiet. I can't. I can't imagine what that was like. And all they heard above the silence was this child screaming. I mean, that ball is going ninety miles an hour, probably, if not faster. And it and it hit the little toddler. 
Um, the child was sitting behind the third base. She said by a foul ball, causing her to let out a blood-curdling scream, plunging the entire stadium into an eerie silence. Watching his ball hit the little one at a lightning pace, he immediately sunk to his knees and burst into tears outside the batter's box. As soon as I hit it, the first person I looked at was her, he said. Inconsolable and anxious to hear news of the girl's condition, um, Jason Hayward and Cubs manager Joe Madden comforted Amora as he attempted to compose himself and return to the game. He wants to... He wants to... Meet this child. He wants to, you know, if they took her to the hospital to check her out. Uh, You know, at the the stadium, they said the child was okay. But to just make sure, they took her to the nearby hospital to check her out. You know, he, he finished up that inning at bat by striking out. And then he walked to the dugout crying his eyes out. And he, you know, he's a father of a couple of kids. He wants to, he wants to get to know the girl and and know her all her life. He, you know, he he didn't mean to hit her. The, the The netting failed to do what it was supposed to do. You know, he he immediately left the dugout. He went upstairs to check with the medics and see what was going on with the little girl. You know, this is a ball player that's got a heart. And and the fans were all saying, I've never seen a ball player. I've seen ball players foul balls, and I've seen ball players hit kids and people in the stands, but I've never seen one with this much heart. He's he's a, a great ball player and a truly great person. He cared so much about the little girl, he just... He didn't even want to play anymore. He just wanted to to be with her and look after her. You know, the, the fans, that's all they talked about when they were leaving the ball field that night. They were all saying, you know, I want to be the fan of a club that has ball players like Elmara, that has a heart like that, that cares like that. And, you know, you look at a picture of him being comforted by a security guard, and all the women are looking at him, you know, with a like crying look on their face. All the men are looking away because they don't want to cry. And you know, a man walks up to another man crying his eyes out. That man's going to cry if he pays attention. He's going to look at him and start crying. So all the men are looking away from this guy. Nobody's videoing it or anything because this was a true act of the heart. All the women are are looking at him you know, praying for him to comfort him and such. And the last we heard, the the little girl's okay, but this guy is a phenomenal athlete. He's the kind of guy that would be an incredible role model. 
you know, if your kids are there with you and they see this child weeping, this well, child, this player weeping because he hit that child, that's where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to care about fellow human beings. You're supposed to care. And, and this guy would be an incredible role model. You know, so many athletes are so cocky. They're making big bucks. You know, they're going to walk out of the shower room with all their bling on, and they're going to go get in their $300,000 car and drive off. This guy is a father, a husband, and a truly great American. You know, this is just an incredible story. He's a good Christian man. Albert Almora. He plays for the Chicago Cubs. And I'm now fan I'm a I'm a fan of the Chicago Cubs now. And this gentleman. Probably a lot of people will feel that way. I think so. I you know, I think a lot of people will feel that way. You know, that nobody's gonna poke fun at him. I mean, he's he is an incredible guy. He really is. Come in this uh, theme park in North Carolina. Um, this is a pretty cool theme park, I think. Uh, they're reopening it on the 80th anniversary of the release of the movie The Wizard of Oz. The theme 80th. Park, the theme park is called The Land of Oz. Right. Exactly. Land of Oz theme park. It's it's on top of Beach Mountain near Boone, North Carolina. It's down there a little ways. It's pretty country. They're going to open various days throughout June and one day in July. Guests will travel with Dorothy down the Yellow Brick Road through the land of Oz to help in her search for the wizard. That sounds neat. It does. Some guests will be selected to play one of the characters from the iconic movie. And all guests are encouraged to dress in costume. Hang on. <laughs> I sold my Wizard of Oz costume in the yard sale. <laughs> but it does say to wear uh, sensible shoes because you're going to be walking the park. The theme park will be open every Thursday and Friday in June, the 6th, 7th, 13th, 14th, and the 20th and 21st. The last Wednesday in June at and Thursday and Friday of the month, the 26th and 28th, 26th through the 28th, and Friday, July 5th, tickets are twenty seven fifty plus the taxes and fees. A Coke and a cheeseburger is probably 50 bucks <laughs> <laughs> at least. So plan ahead. Children young, children two and younger get in free. They don't eat for free, but would they get in free? Tickets are available at www. Land of Oz NC.com. The park is not wheelchair or stroller friendly because of the uneven pathway, staircases, steep ramps, wicked witches, <laughs> and it's built within the natural terrain of Beach Mountain, according to the park's website. Originally opened in 1970, the park drew 400,000 visitors its first year. It first became one of the most popular tourist destinations on the East Coast, but the park later struggled, and in 1975, a fire in Emerald City 
destroyed the amphitheater as well as the Lollipop Kids housing. Uh, the amphitheater's contest has damaged their surrounding shops and restaurants. Uh, the park closed in 1980. So after 1980, the Wicked Witch has turned some of the Lollipop Kids into toads in recent years, but has promised to turn them back. Well, they have flying monkeys. Once the park is open, she said, and I quote, I want mom and dad more fresh meat for me to turn into toads. <laughs> also known as your, you and your family. Visit the park. Hillary works there. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Yes. I wonder if you can bring your dog. Um... They may get your little dog. <laughs> they may take you and your little dog. I hear Hillary's laugh is going to be featured there. Because uh, she's going to ask you, Secretary Clinton. They, they uh, auditioned a lot of other people, but Hillary won. She won out for the Wicked Witch and the laugh. So this sounds like a pretty cool theme park to me. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I. Uh, Which is the character that didn't have a brain? The scarecrow. The scarecrow. What was his name? Scott. <laughs> Scott. I don't know. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. There he is. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh boy, do they ever! <laughs> Scott, if you're listening. Uh, we're not kidding. <laughs> we're just messing with you, brother. <laughs> anyway, this is like a pretty cool theme park. I would like to play one of the roles. I don't know what it would be. Maybe the the lion? Put him up. Put him up. Yeah, I could play the lion. <laughs> I like lions. They're cool. And I still have a lion suit now that I think about it. That was only used on weekends. <laughs> When you yeah. used to play a lion at the zoo? Pretty much. <laughs> That's the thing. People drop their kids. And I said, why? I go, why did you drop that kid in there? I'm supposed to pretend to eat him now. <laughs> Before the real lions come and eat me instead. <laughs> yeah, this, this, I remember hearing about this theme park years ago. Did you ever go? No. Mm-mm. Never been there. You have to follow the yellow brick road. I wonder if they rent scooters. Because <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, walk. They said it wasn't very country mile. Yeah, it's not and, stroller yeah. friendly. It's not wheelchair yeah. friendly. So that means it's not, not geezer friendly. No, not like geezer for friendly me. either. So I can't walk that far, Dorothy. <laughs> Piggyback me, woman. <laughs> well, let me play one of the roles of the. Let me play the the uh, the wizard. That way I don't have to walk behind her. I just go down and get in the, the big get thing the, the Emerald City. Yep. Yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's what I say whenever Scott walks in the room. <laughs> he starts talking. Pay no attention to the man on the microphone. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait. That's a different show. The Lee Brothers. You know, there's a story about a pig and a chicken. They got tired of farm life. Decided to find jobs in town. They no sooner arrived in town when a chicken spotted a sign in the window of a restaurant. It said ham and eggs, a dollar and a quarter. 
The chicken suggested they go in and apply. And the pig said, wait a minute. For you, this job only requires a contribution. For me, it's a total commitment. They say roses are red and violets are purple. And sugar's sweet and so is maple circle. And I'm the seventh out of seven sons. My pappy was a pistol. I'm a son of a gun. I said, dang me, dang me. They ought to take a rope and hang me. High from the highest tree. Woman, would you weep for me? The Land of Oz, one of North Carolina's more unusual theme parks. Shut down since 1980. I guess it just, weeds grew over it. And I'm pretty sure that's the story I heard about it. It was, uh, it was all this stuff had grown over. And uh, it was a few years back. You know, I have trouble remembering my way home sometimes. But uh, I do remember a story about this theme park, and it just sat. It was just sitting there, and now it's... Uh, it's good that somebody brought it back. Yeah, it really is. It's it, you know, it was big back in its day. It's going to be uh, cool again. I don't know how many people you can ask that hasn't seen the Wizards of Wizard of Oz. Sure, Chief Joe from Williamsburg. You're on AMA twenty WNTW and FM ninety two point seven. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and uh, have a, I hope you've had a blessed day thus far. Thanks. I hope you are, too. Yeah. Two subjects here real quick. I, uh, the impeachment and the Electoral College, because they both seem to be uh, the radical left's uh, babies of the day, if yeah. you will. I'm calling for the immediate, the immediate impeachment of President Trump. I'm demanding that Speaker Pelosi pull the pin and go ahead and throw the grenade now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I can't, I can't imagine anything more it's going to take from now until the next election to get through all of the members of the Obama uh, Justice Department, the FBI, and the CIA and the administrative people to get through their testimony and then ultimately get the Barack Obama up there before the Senate. So this will make great TV and it will do wonders for the cause of maintaining President Trump in the office. You're exactly right. That's what a great idea. The second thing is the Electoral College. I continue to hear these infantile, uneducated idiots calling for the destruction of the Electoral College. Well, I'm calling for its modification because the concept of winner-take-all has corrupted the original intent of the Electoral College. There are 435 congressional districts. There are 100 Senate seats that are all represented by an elector and then the various territories that have electors for the uh, purpose of electing the president. They need to go get rid of, by constitutional amendment, get rid of the winner-take-all, have it on a district-by-district basis. I'll give you an example. Here in Virginia, Hillary Clinton won, at last, in 2016, won the uh, overall popular vote in Virginia. You give the person who wins the popular vote in each state the two Senate electors. You give them that. That's the winner of this of the total thing. But each of the, uh, I believe, I don't know, I can't remember if we've got nine or 11 congressional districts here, but whatever. Here in the first district, oh, Trump won the popular vote in the first district. He should get the elector for that. The electors for each of the 435 congressional districts should be assigned on who won the popular vote in that district. That would make the Electoral College its most effective and most powerful tool because then it turns it into, instead of four states, deciding who's going to win, it turns it into a 435 district race that you have to compete in every one of them to get the votes. That's a great that idea. That makes good sense. That is a great idea. 
So I propose an amendment to the Constitution because it would require that because there are certain people and certain uh, legal avenues that say the electors and the states have the choice in this. And there is an argument that could be made on that, but that's why I propose a constitutional amendment. It would empower every district and make the politicians fight in every part of the country. That's, a, that's so true. That's a, that's a great idea, Joe. You need to write that up and send it to Washington. I'm already, I'm already talking to Congressman Whitman about it. Outstanding. So. Outstanding. Keep right, us posted guys, on that. I certainly will. So You guys have a Great call, Joe. Thanks a lot. He's a truly great American and an honorary Lee brother. He's got, Joe's always got some great That's a good ideas. idea. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. If you're just joining us, we've mentioned this several times this show. I'll mention it one more time. There's there's 130 animals that have been flown from Oklahoma shelters to Virginia and Maryland, and they need homes. They need a forever home. Uh, you can contact uh, Richmond Animal Care and Control. You can contact uh, RACC shelters in Charlottesville, Fairfax, Falls Church, Washington, D.C., and Washington County, Maryland. Cats and dogs, they need homes. So please... This weekend, adopt one of these pets. Make it make it a forever pet for you. And give it a forever home. Coming up, another theme park story, Star Wars. I want to tell you about Galaxy Edge offers a new world. And uh, we're going to talk about the gentleman, the actor, who has saved over 6,000 children from being dragged into the sex slave and how some of his Hollywood friends tell him, leave it alone, walk away, don't do this. You know, who could any, who could say that? Who could dare say that? Doesn't make any sense. But stay with us. You're listening to the Lee Brothers on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7. We'll be back after these important messages. American Patriots Radio as the Founding Fathers intended. The Lee Brothers. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Scott's off today. 454-0822-454-0822. Coming up this hour, we have another theme park story I'm sure you're going to want to hear. And we have our own views on that. We also have the controversial story scheduled for this well, the controversial story about what's scheduled for this weekend between Chris Peace and Scott Wyatt. And we also have the story of how 6,000 children were saved from becoming sex slaves. And how some people in, in, in Hollywood, I guess they weren't in favor of that. I, I don't get it. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge offers new world at Disneyland. This is Disneyland, not Disney World. So when you get through at the Land of Oz theme park, 
in North Carolina, I guess you're going to have to get on a plane. Or fly to California. Or drive cross-country to go to this theme park, because uh, from what I'm seeing, it's, this isn't available in Florida yet. Anaheim, California, Star Wars Galaxy Edge is on the same land as Disneyland, but stepping into the new attraction transports visitors to an entirely different world. The theme park offers media a glimpse into Galaxy's Edge on Wednesday. The exclusive tour included a Star Wars-themed food tasting, really, a stroll through the Black Spire Outpost Marketplace, and a four-minute ride on the Millennium Falcon. Now, Star Wars is not based on science, right? It's based on myth and such. Where Star Trek is based on science. So I'm more of a Star Trek fan than I am a Star Wars fan. And now if you're, go- if you're gasping for air because I said that, I'm okay with that. A first-hand look took a couple of days before Galaxy's Edge opens in the California theme park on Friday. That's when guests with a pre-reservation can experience the largest single-themed land created in a Disney park. Disney officials said it took more than five years to develop and finish the attraction. Scott Talbridge said, I'm very excited about being this close to inviting guests our biggest fans to join us at the edge of the galaxy. We had the fans in mind the whole time, he said. We've been able to kind of open it up to them and invite them to kind of join us on this remote outpost planet. Disney christened the land Wednesday night with a fireworks display. Yeah, that's what they Oh, boy. And an assembly of some of the biggest names in Star Wars universe, creator George Lucas and actors Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Billy D. Williams. Galaxy's Edge is an adventure through the grungy planet Batu, a remote world in the newest Star Wars trilogy, and the fight between the Resistance and the evil First Order. This sprawling 14-acre land has three different areas, including the Resistance, First Order, and the Village. It's only 14 acres big. That's pretty That's good. That's a small planet. Guests <laughs> can build their own droids and lightsabers and interact with aliens. I wonder if NASA's going to be there. They can also <laughs> step into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, the exact replica of the ship. Because the other one's at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. I've seen it from the films <laughs> measuring more than 100 feet long. Their interactive experience allows a team of six people to operate the spacecraft during the interactive experience. Some familiar faces, including Ray Finn, Kylo Ren, and fan-favorite Chewbacca, will be a part of the adventure as visitors explore the immersive world of 14 acres. Guests can take a swig of the same kind of blue milk, no thank you, that made an appearance... (laughs) With Luke Skywalker in Star Wars A New Hope. That, that sounds disgusting. I haven't, you know, Star Wars A New Hope, Star Wars This. I, I'm not wise in the ways of the Star Wars, I guess. The dairy-free milk is a frozen blend with dashes of citrus taste. 
Citrus in my milk, that's what I want. <laughs> Disneyland was the second most popular theme park in the world last year with 18.6 million visitors. It is second only to Disney World in Florida where a version of Galaxy's Edge is scheduled to open August 29th after the season is over, pretty much. Don't they have a summer season? You know, uh, Floyd Norman, he was a an old-time Disney animator, and he has a, a blog that I like to read, and he said that them putting a Star Wars land in Disneyland is totally off what Disneyland is supposed to be. Right. Because it's supposed to be... Mickey Mouse. And, well, and it's supposed to be nostalgia about America and about looking forward for for America, too. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the uh, one problem I have with Star Wars and Disney is the fact that their CEO came out and says, uh, because of the recent law passed in Georgia concerning abortions, like that has anything to do with Disney World, dude, I mean, he comes out and says, we probably won't do any more filming I'll think twice before we do any more filming or something that affect in Georgia because of this new law. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that you know, I don't want to know where you stand. You know, this is a political thing. It, it really is, and I don't want to know where he stands on issues of that nature. He should be pro life, not pro abort. Right. And he comes out and announces to the world, well, based on what they just passed, we're going to have to rethink doing any filming in Georgia. I mean, Georgia's becoming a little Hollywood. They're filming so many movies in in Georgia, around the Atlanta area. And and he comes out and he's going to rethink that because of an abortion law. Yeah, all these movie companies and stuff, they uh, act like they're going to be moving out or whatever, but uh, Georgia gives them such good tax uh, right. plans or whatever it would be called. You know, I'm going to have to rethink visiting a Disney-themed park ever uh, because of his position on Georgia's law. Right. How's that? <laughs> and I hope many people will follow me. I don't mean follow me like Forrest Gump follow me running through the mountains and stuff. I mean, just agree to disagree with the ticket takers at Disney World. I mean, there's plenty of other theme parks where the CEO is not going to come out and say garbage like that. Yeah. They need a, a different CEO, in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I, com- I completely agree. I completely agree. And once you know something about the guy, you can't unknow it. You know what I mean? So if I go to Disney, I'm going to be thinking, this dude that is head honcho over this is pro-abort. I don't want to be here. So I'm going to throw that story in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> don't go to California. Don't go to Florida. Go to these theme parks like Land of Oz Theme Park in North Carolina. It's too cool. <laughs> Let's do the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, WNTW, and FM 92.7.
representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee brothers. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. That's one of my favorite uh, George Bush clips. Have you ever seen Chariots of Fire? Uh, I think a very long time ago. That's a really neat movie, too. Chariots of Fire. Check it out this weekend. I'd like to see it starring Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I mean, he's done everything else. Like, you know, it, it, we're coming up as another Rambo. I almost said Rocky. It wouldn't have made any difference. He probably has another Rocky coming, too. But The Expendables, they're, they're pretty good movies. The last one I saw had every action figure known to man in the United States, I think, in the movie. I mean, I was really surprised. You mean The Avengers? No, is it Avengers? No, no, it's a, it's a Sylvester Stallone. It's... Um, now the name of it went right out of my head. Expendables. Yeah, Expendables. They, they, he, he started an Expendable franchise. He did the first Expendable. Then he did Expendables 2. Then he did Expendables 3. And I thought, well, I guess he's going to go into his 90s doing these Expendable movies. And then another Rocky came out. And now another Rambo's coming out. Hey, at least he's working. Oh, he's working. Yeah. Yeah, he's working. Plenty of work. Yeah, he's working. He got... Uh, uh, Schwarzenegger, everybody in the last Expendables movie. He did. He got yeah, Bruce he had Willis. Bruce Willis. He had Chuck Dolph, Norris. Dolph Rundgren, or however you pronounce his name. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think he's been in all three of them. Yeah. And he's the guy from Rocky. I must break you. Uh, I think that was Rocky Five. I don't know. Sometime they could have a Rocky movie where they're all old guys in yeah. the retirement community and they're all talking about the, the old times. Well, he did a boxing <laughs> movie with uh, Robert De Niro. Um, they were two old geezer boxers retired and Robert De Niro had stolen um, I don't know who I want to say Rocky Balboa, but that's not right because he wasn't Rocky in that movie. But he had stolen Sylvester Stallone's love interest from early in the day away from him and uh, they wanted to have a fight they hated each other all those years and all of a sudden they're old geezer buds and they after they had the fight though they and, fought as old guys? yes <laughs> yeah they fought as old guys and uh, Robert De Niro knew that he was told that uh Sylvester Stallone was blind on one eye or something like that by his son. His son was like, hit him in that eye. He won't be able to see anything. So he didn't, Robert De Niro did the right thing and was going to let Stallone win. Something to that. I don't remember the whole story. I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was. I was watching this like, why is this guy not Rocky? This guy is Rocky. Rocky didn't have Adrian stolen from him. Adrian. Adrian was dead in the last Rocky movie where, what was that movie called? It was, uh, shoot, he trained um, 
Apollo Creed's son. I've seen I think it. it's called, called Creed. Creed. Yeah, Creed. Yeah, it's called Creed. And that movie, I guess Adrian didn't want to be Adrian anymore. She, I guess she didn't take the part. So there was no Adrian. They killed her off. They almost killed off Rocky. But he 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 beat the dreaded cancer, and he tr- he trained Apollo Creed, and Apollo Creed Junior. Rather, his name wasn't Apollo. I forget what it was, but anyway, it was Creed. And then Creed became a great fighter, and Rocky lived again. So there'll probably be another Rocky. No, coming. more than likely will be. Yeah. I just don't get the picture of... Uh, He's not going to give that franchise up just yet. I see Stallone with a cowboy hat on. It's like, are you playing, like, sheriff of some town out in the Midwest or what? And then it says he's Rambo. <laughs> I don't know if he's Sheriff Rambo, Cowboy Rambo. I wear uh, expensive Stetson hat out in the rain, Rambo. Doesn't make any sense, but... Rambo is coming back to the big screen in September. You're listening to the Lee Brothers on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. Reminds me a little bit of the story of the man that took his young son-in-law out and was going to introduce him to golf and told him all that he had to do and teed up the ball and the Kid took a swing and he missed the golf ball entirely, but hit a ant's nest there and into the air, and so lined up and took a crack at it, and again hit another gouge out of the ant's nest, and now there were ants flying all the way through the air. And as he lined up for the third try, two ants peeked out of the crater that he left, and one of them said, "If we want to survive this, we better get on the ball." <laughs> Coming up, a Hollywood star has an organization that attacks human traffickers. He has saved over 6,000 children from being taken and sold into the sex trade. It's unbelievable. And uh, other actors have told him to stick to his day job. And he, he responds, this is my day job. Yeah, they probably think he's making them look bad. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe maybe that's it, because I can't imagine why anybody would be against what this gentleman does. And it, it's not just him. He's, uh, he's a good actor, huge fan base. He and his ex-wife run this thing. star's name is Ashton Kutcher. And his wife, Demi Moore, started this thing years ago. And last year, they saved 6,600 kids. They have uh, government agencies coming to them to help them find sex traffickers that they haven't been able to find for years. Department of Homeland Security is coming to Ashton Kutcher's organization to help them find these people. I mean, what would you do if you knew there was somebody, 
somebody was stealing kids and selling them into the sex trade, what would you do? Would you deal yep. with him yourself, or would you turn him in? Or you'd have to call somebody. You'd have to do something. Yeah. How could you just let them go on? Coming up, we're going to tell you the whole story about this organization. We're also going to tell you about the National Spelling Bee. It's an amazing story. And the primary schedule for this weekend, you want to, you want to hear this one. Lee Brothers on AM820, WNTW, and FM92.7. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Your life is a matinee. In a galaxy far, far away And your debut, it's a sold-out show Yeah, it's a blockbuster movie And you play the lead role And right out of the opening scenes 35 minutes after the, the hour You're listening to the Lee Brothers on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7 Coming up this Saturday, tomorrow in Hanover Republican voters are scheduled to vote in a firehouse primary to select a candidate for the 97th House District. However, the process has been filled with controversy, with one candidate, Scott Wyatt, already claiming he took the nomination in a convention, and the other candidate, Delegate Chris Peace, claiming the process changed and that the convention was invalid. Bob Holsworth, political expert, says more than likely the results this weekend will mean that two candidates will lay claim to the nomination. He thinks it could end up in court. Although Holsworth says the courts have been reluctant to get involved in party nomination battles, why it is challenging peace or peace's decision to support Medicaid expansion, which gave Governor Ralph Northam a big political win. Behind the scenes, Senate Majority Leader Tommy Norman is backing Wyatt, while House Speaker Kirk Cox is backing peace. Now, if you if you live in this, this area and you're going to be voting this weekend and you have a question about what Chris Peace did or did do, ask him. I'm sure, I'm sure the candidates are going to be there. I'm sure they're going to be Probably be there, set up with tables or whatever. I'm sure the candidates will be there. Ask them if they, if you have concerns. Chris Peace has done a lot of good for for Hanover County, for the area. He's over. He, he's done a great job. And if you have a problem with what he he did with Medicaid expansion, ask him. Ask him to explain it to you and asking why he did it. Same token, if you have a question for, for Scott White, ask, ask them. They'll be there. Um, I don't think it's going to end with a vote this weekend, but it may. It may very well. They may decide that uh, one or the other candidate has won the nomination. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what what transfolds this weekend, but uh, go out there and talk to the candidates. Talk to both of them and, and, and make an educated decision with your vote. National Spelling Bee, at a loss for words, they crowned eight co-champions. A superhuman group of adolescents broke the script's National Spelling Bee on Thursday with eight contestants crowned 
co-champions after the competition said it was running out of challenging words. It was a stunning result coming just after midnight Thursday for the 92nd annual event, which has had six two-way ties but had never before experienced such a logjam at the top after the 17th round. Jax Bailey, the event's pronouncer, announced that any of the eight remaining contestants who made it through, three more words would share in the prize. We do have plenty of words remaining in our list, but uh, we'll soon run out of words that will challenge you, Mr. Bailey told the contestants at Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland. He added, we're throwing the dictionary at you, and so far you're showing this dictionary who is boss. None of the contestants faltered. They each got their own moment of triumph as they correctly spelled their words in the 20th round, then patiently sat back in their seats as the next contestant had their moment. They supported one another with high fives and hugs and each placed a hand on a single trophy. The champions were along the final words they spelled. Rishik Gansari, Aaron Howard, Saketh Sundar, Sharuth Kika, Patty, Soham, Suk Tankar, I hope I'm pronouncing these words right, Abhijay Kalali, Christ Sararo, Rohan Raha, and John Smith. No, I'm just kidding. I just threw the simple one in because these were all hard to pronounce. The competition normally offers a $50,000 prize to the champion. Instead of splitting it eight ways, all eight contestants will receive $50,000 and their own trophy. That's awesome. In a group interview on CNN on Friday morning, the eight champions agreed that once a possibility of a tie was announced, they each hoped that all of them would answer their words correctly. As a speller, you know how hard everyone else has worked, and you know how much they deserve to win, Soham said. The third place in the competition, Abijay placed third in the competition last year. He told CNN, typically studies for four to five hours on weekdays, but ahead of this competition, he said, I ramped it up. I studied as much as I could, maybe an extra one or two hours, (laughs) 10 hours on the weekends, a little more, just depending on if he had homework. These are amazing kids. No video games for them. There have been a marathon. There have been marathon spelling bees before. Twenty seventeen, the event went for thirty six rounds, with two spellers battling out after the seventeenth round. But the competition has never hosted such a large group of spellers, who could not be defeated. The field is typically went down to a fewer than four by the sixteenth round. Congratulations to those kids! It's amazing. I wonder what what the I think I'm a pretty good speller. And I can hardly spell my name sometimes. But I don't I don't know what their words were like, but I imagine they were rough. It's incredible. I have a list of some of the words. Do you really? Yeah. So here's one. It's Marmanil. Marmanil? Yes. It's a fabled marine male creature, usually represented as having the top uh, part of a man and a lower part like a fish. So I guess like a 
mermaid, but it says the word sounds like it has a T in it, but it doesn't. So I guess it would be Marmitnil. Marmitnil? Yeah. M-A-R-N-A-L-I-L? Wow, that was was really close. Is it M-A-N-I-L? M-A-R-M-E-N-N-I-L-L. I had an M in there. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is Macclesfield. Macclesfield. Maybe maybe one of the callers uh, might know how to I went to that. school with a name, guy named Macclesfield. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Macclesfield, I don't know. That's M-A-C-C-L-E-S-F-I-E-L-D. Nestle's makes the very best. <laughs> Chocolate. Looking at some of these final words that they spell, I can't even pronounce half of them. Good golly. That's incredible. Hats off to you guys. Congratulations. Yes. Well done. Ashton Kutcher is a name that... Uh, Everyone knows he's he's an actor. Um, he's been on so many different TV shows. He's been in a lot of movies. He's got a huge fan base, and he's no run-of-the-mill actor. He has been on Shark Tank. He's one to be reckoned with. The actor has had a large fan following for years. It will definitely increase the number of fans when they find out what he's done over the past few years that help victims of human trafficking. Kutcher's nonprofit organization, Thorn, Digital Defenders of Children, of which his ex-wife Demi Moore is a co-founder, has taken a huge leap in helping victims of human trafficking. The organization's efforts have been so effective that with their help, law enforcement has been able to identify 5,894 child sex trafficking victims, 103 children were also rescued from grievous situations of sexual abuse. That's just what they did in 2017. According to data published in this organization's 2017 impact report, Thorne claims to have upset the plans of 6,608 perpetrators through its Stop Sextortion campaign. The organization has also been able to educate 3.5 million teens and has also encouraged more than 140,000 individuals who've been looking for material on child sexual abuse. The organization, which was previously called DNA Foundation, was started in 2009 with Demi Moore to try and put the brakes on huge market that exploits children for sex. Kutcher realized that this grievous issue has swelled to gigantic proportions in recent years because of the Internet. You've got to love the Internet. Oh, yeah. When speaking to 48 Hours about the work that he's doing, he commented, What we do at our core is build technology to help fight sexual exploitation of children. He went on to explain, You can roll up your sleeves and go try to be like a hero and go save one person, or you can build a tool that allows one person to save a lot of people. More on Ashton Kutcher when we come back. Stay tuned to the Lee Brothers right here on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7. You're listening to the Lee. 
820 WNTW and FM 92.7. We're talking about Ashton Kutcher and his ex-wife, Demi Moore, and the organization they created to help prevent kids from being stolen and sold into slavery, essentially. Um, February 2017, Ashton Kutcher gave a 15-minute speech to a speech on modern-day slavery to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee in the hope of compelling Congress to take some concrete steps towards ending the horrors faced by women and children around the world. I wonder how much they didn't do. Um, This is a guy that really cares. You know, in his speech, he not only spoke about the rights of these women and children that have constantly been violated, but also touched upon how he has been trolled and criticized for the stand that he has taken. He has often been told to stick to his day job by critics. But he he says that what he does now and what his organization stands for is his day, is his day job. He also recounted horrific incidents of young children under the age of 10 being raped, content being shared on the dark Internet. The Department of Homeland Security has enlisted his organization to help them find, track down and find perpetrator of a seven-year-old victim who they had been trying to nab for the past three years. This is an incredible organization. And we just wanted you to know who Ashton Kutcher is, his wife, Demi Moore. They're great. They're great folks. This organization has been around for a while. Of course, I've never heard about it. I haven't either. What's the name of it again? Um, let's It's um, Thorn. Wait a minute. It's, it's the organization's called Thorn Digital Defenders of Children. Okay. Digital Defenders of Children. And truly great Americans. Yeah. And they're they're tracking these dirt bags down that would harm your children. Would sell your children into slavery. That scares me to death to think one of my child's one of my children could disappear. I said one of my childs could disappear. <laughs> one of my children could disappear. And I'd not be able to find them. I would never stop looking. Never. I would die while I was looking for them. And I would find them. I, I, I really would. One more time, let me tell you about Hohen's Pond. That was what we called it as kids. Hohen's Pond. If you're familiar with it, then you grew up in the same area that, that I did. And uh, that Mark here did. The Hohen's Lakeview Farms has been battling a uh, Muslim mosque that that built there on the edge of the property or on the, I don't know. I know that the driveway has been, she's been fighting this fight for years, for years. It was a statement from the and Rico County Commonwealth Attorney Shannon Taylor and others associated with the county. The county is operating under a sensitivity ruling. They won't rule in 
favor of this lady um, controlling who's on her property and who's not. Sensitive ruling, which influences enforcement of local laws and regulations that has influenced a jury to view legacy property rights. You know, they're, I think, seventh generation on this land. They've owned this property seven genera- since the 1800s. Since 1838, they've owned this land and lived there. They are, it, it has, this is what it says. The county is operating under sensitivity ruling, Ooh, so sensitive, which influences enforcement of local laws and regulations that has influenced a jury to view legacy property rights as secondary to Islamic entitlement. Now, if this was a church, would they view it secondary to Christian entitlement? That's a good question. You know. Very good question. It's a question, but I, I, I dare say it's doubtful. I would, I'd, she needs to stand her ground. Please check out Hohen's Lakeview Farms. It's a GoFundMe page. She needs our help. Go there this weekend. Donate $5. Whatever you can afford. Send her some money to help fight this. This incredible encroachment on her land. The article said something about she wants to take it up to the federal level. She does, but she's going to need... Yeah, she needs some money. This whole thing is is a gimmick. Money, 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 money. It's all all about the money. They're hoping she'll give up, but she's not. She's not going to. No. Check it out. Read the story. Helen's Lakeview Farms on the Internet. Stay tuned for more of the Lee Brothers right here on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7. Well, that's a wrap. Be sure to check out Helen's Lakeview Farms. That's Helen's Lakeview Farms. The GoFundMe page. She needs our help. Whether you played there as a child like I did or not, she needs our help. Also, remember... The dogs and cats that need our help this weekend, from Richmond to Charlottesville to Fairfax, they're all here from the floodlands and the uh, tornadoes out in Oklahoma. So you really need to get out and, and get an animal for little Johnny this weekend. Or for yourself. Doesn't matter. And again, that's Hohen's Lakeview Farm. Look it up on the internet, H-O-E-H-N-S, Lakeview Farms. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful, blessed holiday weekend. Be safe in your travels out there. And we'll see you next Friday right here on AMA 20, WNTW and FM 92.7, The Answer. Six separate Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are, Anyang, now, you go home. This convention brings back so many memories to a fellow like me. I can still remember my first Republican convention. Abraham Lincoln giving a speech that sent tingles down my spine. No, I have to confess I wasn't actually there. The truth is, way back then, I belonged to the other party. Incredible. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. 
We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.